When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 179 of uh, Below the Belt. One episode before the 180, which means we're going to talk exclusively about darts. Um, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just going to talk about darts. Not even going to talk about boxing, I'm just going to talk about darts. Um, but thankfully, it's 179, uh, and I'm joined by John McDonald. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Carl? Yeah, I'm good. You, you any good at darts? No, I, I improve after about four pints and then get markedly worse after five. There's a sweet spot where I'm slightly less terrible. Are you any good? I no, I've not. There's those in London. Actually, they're scattered throughout the UK. There's um, a place called Flight Club. Yeah. Um, where they're in London and all over the place, really. Um, but um, I've been to that a few times and I do all right. And and in my younger days, when I was nineteen, twenty, I didn't have a job. I'd smoke a lot of weed and hang around and hang out with my stepbrother. He had a pool table and a dartboard. So I had a couple of years where I was just playing quite a lot of darts and I have got three one hundred and eighties in my whole life. So I'm quite proud of that. Nice. I am impressed. Yeah. yeah. I just like to hit, say able to hit the board, but a double's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those I think it's I don't know if, if that sport is if that's a talent thing or if that is just pure practice if you practice enough you'll get good at it i don't know what you think i don't know like there's some people like michael van gerwin who seem to be insanely talented because he was brilliant from the get-go so unless he had darts in his hand from as soon as he can walk Mm. i've got to assume that there's some element of natural talent there Mm, what do you think i think you're probably right i think because it's about hand-eye coordination and targets and yeah I, I i like to think that anyone can do it but now now i think about it i think you're right i think there is an, an element of natural ability and the, and, the, and the dutch players they're, they're always a little bit got a little bit more flair haven't they i always like van barneveld he was always my favorite um and then adrian lewis i liked him as well i don't know if adrian lewis still plays i'm pretty sure he does but if those two aren't any good i'm not interested to be honest <laughs> So same with snooker and Luke Williams is probably listening to this. If Ronnie O'Sullivan goes out, I've got no more interest in snooker. Once he goes out the world world championship or whatever the Masters, that's it. I'm turning the telly off and I've got no interest anymore. Um, uh, okay, there's a little bit gone on uh, in the last, and I'm going to freestyle a little bit here. Um, there's a few things going on. First thing is that the undisputed Super Bantamweight title fight was announced the other day, and actually. I got really excited about that, John. Uh, Anuay is going to be back on Boxing Day, um, boxing uh, to Palace for the undisputed Super Bantamweight title. 
he's looking to do is it two two undisputed titles within 12 months have I got that right yeah yep that's what he's aiming for and let's be honest he's going to do it like Tapala is is good but he's not on the level of Stephen Fulton this should be a pretty routine win for Inui and a massive achievement to go beside his name which he absolutely deserves you know but then the calls are going to start for him to go up to feather, which I think is the absolute maximum his frame can extend to. Personally, mm. like I don't know if he'll be the same fighter up there, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting. Maybe he gets a Josh Warrington fight. Um, but I think if, if Josh Warrington tried to headbutt those plucked eyebrows of his, I think he'd be in big trouble after that. Because <laughs> he'd see the plucked eyebrows and just be like, oh, I don't have a bigger target here. I can't headbutt him like I normally would. Um, and then anyway, we'd just smash him to bits. Uh, I'd watch that though. I'd definitely watch that. I'd buy a ticket. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I was just, that was just one of the lately, you know, to see Anuay's boxing. I just love how regularly he boxes and he always, he's always boxing in big fights. And you know, people will forget he's boxing in America. He's boxing in the UK. Um, yes, he tends to tends to box tends to box mostly in 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 Japan, but that's because he's the money draw. He's done America. He's done the UK. I don't blame him for boxing in Japan. Um, and they seem to, you know, treat the away fighters pretty fire fair over there. Um, and he doesn't seem to be interested in any of the nonsense. So I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Also, something that's happening uh, this weekend. It's Friday, um, and it's Amanda Serrano against Danilo uh, Ramos uh, for three of the four featherweight titles in the women's division. Um, the WBC title is not up for grabs. Why is that, John? It's because Amanda Serrano is continuing her campaign for women's boxing to be fought over 12 threes. So this fight is going to be 12 threes. The WBC are resisting. They believe that they've got enough evidence that it's a safety concern to have women fighting 12 threes. So their title is not on the line. Yeah. I'll say one thing for the WBC. They're generally they're the other way round they they tend to be the one that like to t- tweak the rules that like to experiment a little bit but they also you know they were the first to go from 15 rounds to 12 weren't they um i think that was for leonard hagler which leonard won handily um so i guess i can understand why that this is very much on brand for the wbc isn't it uh, well how do you kind of feel about uh women boxing 12 threes don't like it and it's not a safety concern or anything i like that the two minute rounds turn women's boxing into a sprint it gives it a unique style different to men's boxing i think if you make it 12 threes slow the pace down make it longer fights yes you'll probably get more stoppages but the lack of depth will be exposed to a greater extent Mm. It's at the minute, I see it a bit like the difference between 2020 cricket and one day international. Mm. Like, it makes it more accessible this shorter, faster, more frenetic format where tactics aren't quite as important. Like, I think if they go to 12 threes, it's going to lose something and the lack of depth will really be exposed. How do you feel about it? Yeah, actually, 
I was going to make a similar comparison. I was going to say test cricket and and uh, one day is, but actually yours probably works better. Um, but it is that, isn't it? It's you're taking if with the shorter rounds, you you to an extent you're taking away the tactical element, and it just becomes a blitz. And I've thought before, okay, we'll maybe do something completely in the middle and go eight threes or you know something like that. You know, the maybe the same amount of time. So what? But it's twenty. It's twenty minutes. Maybe you do. I don't know. You, you go seven three-minute rounds, or you do something a little bit different. Make it a shorter fight, um, but then have the longer rounds so you get more stoppages. But yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think it's women's boxing needs something that's unique and about it to make it a selling point. And I think the two-minute rounds probably does that. It makes it a li- makes it a little bit more difficult to score because they fly by so quickly. Um, but I suppose when you get 11 p.m. main event time, you don't mind when it flies flies by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing my age, aren't I, John? You go, oh, you get those 11 p.m. starts, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I want to go to bed. Um, yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. But it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how it goes. It'd be see interesting to see if it's any more, or any less entertaining, or if it's pretty much the same. We'll we'll see on 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 Friday when that fight takes place. Um, I'm going to spin it around a little bit. I'm going to spin the running order around. I was going to start with last weekend, but I'm going to do it the other way around. I'm going to look forward to this weekend instead. Um, So the main kind of show that's going on is the the kind of the big exhibition fight. And I noticed actually today, John, that the whole card, none of the card at all is on BoxRec, unless I'm looking in the wrong place. But it's Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou. You've got the WBC and lineal heavyweight champion against you know Francis Ngannou, who was the the UFC heavyweight champion until he you know vacated his belt and left UFC. Um, have I missed something, or is the whole card not on BoxRec? The whole card's not on BoxRec, and it's bizarre because I believe last weekend not last weekend, two weekends ago, the whole Misfits fiasco was on BoxRec. Wow. So. That is strange, isn't it? That is that is really, really odd. Because you've got some decent fights on there, actually. Fabio Wardley and David Adelaide, a bit annoying that the British title's not on the line, even though the card is being sanctioned by the British board. Um, but that's a really interesting fight, isn't it, that one? I love that fight. I think that is the sort of fight we need to see more often. Like you've got two fighters from very contrasting backgrounds to get here. Fabio Wardley had four white collar fights. The manager Mervyn Turner seen something in him. He turned him over. Then within eighteen months of turning pro, he was sparring Usyk ahead of the Bellew fight. He was sparring White ahead of the Hellenius fight. He has had a rapid rise for a guy with very little background and schooling. And it shows sometimes, like, his head falls over his front foot, he reaches with his punches, but he's got such natural athleticism, it's been able to buy him the wins that he needs at this moment in time. He's fighting guys that are on the way out, coming in in bad shape, but he's looked impressive getting rid of them. And then you've got David Adderley, who is an ABA winner, a junior ABA winner, a novice ABA winner, senior ABA winner, plucked straight from the amateur system by Frank Warren, given the big build-up on BT Sport and now TNT Sport. A guy who can look fantastic or frustrating. 
I believe he's a natural counter puncher. You see, he's looking for those openings, and he's not fighting guys who's who are presenting him with the opportunities he wants. The concerning thing is when he fought somebody with a bit of ambition in uh, Sokolovsky. I was very fortunate to get his hand raised. So it's an interesting fight. I'm really looking forward to it. What do you think, Cal? Yeah, I am. I am as well. It's all the time we sit here and you know we talk about British boxing and we talk about the you know domestic scene and we end up talking about fighters that are on different promotional um under different promotional banners you know if you think about the light heavyweights in this country you know just at the weekend we had joshua boazzi anthony yard sat together at york hall um and then but then they weren't boxing each other whereas we've got uh fabio wardley who's an matrim disown fighter and then you've got david adelaide who's a, a frank warren uh, fighter that fights on TNT Sports, and it's like, oh, these two are never going to get together. But the the British board, even though it's sh- it's so weird what's going on here, the British board kind of ordered a purse bid for this. Uh, they've managed to put a deal together and put it on the the Ungarnu, Fury Ungarnu undercard, and we've got ourselves a fight. And it's where the British board's kind of you know mandatory system has worked, but strangely, it's not for the British title. But yeah, I'm really really looking forward to it because we're actually going to see. You know, if if you know when the the Sokanowski fight where he didn't box too well, um, was that just a blip? You know, has he improved since then? Has he got past that? And then Fabio Wardley, who's just been knocking everybody out, um, and looking at it, I would fancy Wardley to get the stoppage, um, just because he has just been knocking everybody out. But like you say, he's a very aggressive fighter, Wardley, and then Adelaide does like to you know counter punch. And he, this could be tailor made for him. It could be the this could be the sort of fight where Adelaide finally it's a good coming out fight for him. You know, absolutely, it's a really interesting one. Like, I find Fabio Wardley a really interesting prospect because of his explosive athleticism, his hand speed, and his flaws. It makes him much must watch TV. Like every time he fights, I'm watching it because I'm wondering is this the time he's going to get found out? Because I think he's getting moved at a pace where sooner or later he's going to get found out. And it could be here. Like, I would give, make him a slight favourite due to his hand speed and power. But if Adley can time him, then Adley can bang. He's stopping guys that are difficult to get rid of. So it's a really interesting one. I think that this is the best fight on the card. This is the main event. You know, the the nonsense that follows that's an exhibition that's no of no consequence to me this is the best fight on the card as far as i'm concerned i agree yeah i i am i'm not gonna buy the pay-per-view but if there's a fight i'm looking forward to watching it is this it is gonna be um you know fabio wardley against david adelaide i'm really really looking forward to it. i think it's gonna be really really interesting um and yeah briefly on the main event um actually joseph parker's on the undercard as well isn't he yeah, yeah, Joseph Parker's fighting uh, Simon Keane, the Canadian, yes. lost once. Uh, it's it's an interesting heavyweight undercard. Uh, you've got Arslan Beck uh, Mukhmadov, who is a Canadian-based fighter who is just a wrecking machine. He's all-out offense. Again, I don't think he's got the highest ceiling in the world, but he'll knock out a lot of C&D-level fighters, don't think anybody's got more than two rounds with him yet. He's a lot of fun. Moses Atalma's there. Yep. 
Bakulian Takan. Wow. Yep. There's a lot, isn't there? A lot of heavies as well. Um, have you seen much of Simon Keane? Yeah, bits and pieces over the years because he's been linked with various different uh, British fighters and stuff. He He's not the best. Like, yeah. he really isn't particularly good. I think this is a fight where Joseph Parker will look good. If Parker's got anything left in the tank, he should be looking impressive here. Interesting as well. Parker's obviously a boxer. I don't know if he still is with boxer. I know he's obviously very friendly with the Furies and the Fury family, um, but he's managed to obviously to get himself a spot on on the Saudi card. There's obviously a lot of money being dished around for this card, and so everybody's been allowed to go. Everybody's <laughs> been allowed to go and box on it. Um, I always thought that you know Joseph Parker, you know, there's 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 fighters out there that you know um, that that he could be facing, and it seems like they're just trying to rebuild him. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure what what he kind of does after that, really. Um, and then Takam and Martin Bacoli, another one. Isn't he with Boxer as well? Yep, he <laughs> is. But there's enough money going about that everybody can all be friends. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm glad they're all getting paid. Um, yeah, I think you know, and and it's you know, obviously, I'd rather these fights were in Saudi. I'd rather they were in the UK, but you know, they're going to be on, they're going to be on a you know a reasonable hour. So that's always a that's always a positive. Um, but what I kind of thought that you know that Joe, Joseph Parker, I'd like to have seen him get in with Fraser Clark because they were both on Boxer, and Fraser Clark needs nudging along, doesn't he? It just feels like he's been treading water for ages. Have you heard anything? What's going on with him next? I haven't heard anything in a while. Like, mm. there's got to be a little bit of a step up. I actually don't mind the way that they're moving Fraser Clark. My biggest issue is the fact that they say that they're going to move him faster than they're actually intending to. The the people he's fighting are fine. Like, mm. facing Marius back is okay for the stage of his career that he's at. Like, I know he's turned over later than most and needs to get a bit of a hurry on, but for where he actually is, mm. it's not actually a big deal. But it's when they're saying that they're going to take the Wardley fight, oh no, wait, we aren't. Mm. That's what frustrates people. Like, be honest. If you're like, we're going to give this guy a bit of time, let him learn his trade, fair enough, no arguments. Don't say you're going to move him quickly and then keep him on a very traditional pace that's how i see it at least what do you think Cal? yeah yeah i i i think you you got it exactly right his him or his team talked him into a fight that they clearly weren't prepared to take you know um with fabio wardley he's like yeah we want the fabio wardley fight and then when the board called it they were like mm, nah, no thanks and it's like it made him look a bit bit divvy to be honest it wasn't the best look for him um a lot of p- people that i know really really like moses Atalma. So I want you to, I'm going to go through this undercard and I want you to tell me how many of these people he could beat right now. (laughs) (laughs) So so you've got Tyson Fury, obviously not. Francis Ngannou, Fabio Wardley, David Adelaide, Joseph Parker, Simon Keane and Carlos Takam and Mike Bacoli. How many of them do you think he could beat right now? Uh, Ngannou. Just Ngannou. Not Takam. Ngannou, definitely. Yeah. Depends how much. Like Takam looked good against Yoka. He had his moments against Joe Joyce. I think he's still too dangerous at this point. Mm. Itauma is a hard-hitting southpaw, but 
the boy's a baby. Like, he was fighting at youth level as an amateur. He's learning his trade. I wouldn't want to put him in with somebody hard-hitting at this point. He could beat uh, Mukmadov's opponent. He could beat Simon Keane, probably. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Those would be fine. Yeah. Any of the more experienced guys, I wouldn't be chucking him anywhere near just now. Like He could potentially beat them. He hits hard, he's a southpaw, he's explosive, etc., etc. Yeah. But there's absolutely no need. We see heavyweights getting chinned all the way along, and we've seen uh, Italma's brother, Carol, get upset last year, so there's absolutely no need to be moving this guy at breakneck speed, as far as I'm concerned. How many yeah, do you think he beats? Uh, I, I, I just said that to be stupid, but there's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he might do Takam. I think he this might be too fresh. Um, I don't know anything about um, Junior Anthony Wright, so I'm going to take your word for him. Simon Keane, yeah, I think he might do him. Joseph Parker, mm, he might old man him. Yeah, David Adelaide, that'd be fun, but David Adelaide probably be a bit too. Yeah, so he'd beat. I think he'd beat Takam. I think that's the headline. I think he'd do Takam, but everybody else probably not. The reason I talk about him is because you know, I know, you know, a lot of people I know are kind of talking about him, but also Frank Warren is talking about you know they're looking to try and break Mike Tyson's record of of being the youngest heavyweight champion. He was twenty, was he twenty one? 20 yeah it's remember the last two british heavyweights they said this about though yeah dubois dubois and do you remember the other one no no huey fury oh my god oh wow so not not (laughs) not a strong lineage (laughs) honestly it's the mike tyson curse as far as i'm concerned yeah they should probably stop talking about that shouldn't they um with Tyson Fury and Francis and God, it is definitely an it's a definitely an exhibition, isn't it? It is. Uh, the WBC have created some Riyadh season blood money belt. <laughs> oh, strange, very very strange. Yeah, it's I don't know. I I remember seeing Fury talk about you know Mayweather and the exhibitions a while ago, and you know kind of with a. He had that kind of envy in his eye when he said it, and it's like, okay, he wants a bit of that. And so, but I can't, I don't think there's many others out there for him, really, for better heavyweight. There's not really many exhibitions out there just because he is actually the heavyweight champion, so it's a little bit silly. Um, but it seems like they're going to get this out of the way, and Garnu looks awful, doesn't he? He looks like, he looks like he would lose to most of the people on the, on the card on Saturday. Um, but then after that, they've already announced. You know Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. I imagine the guys from Saudi wanted to announce it because he was getting a lot of stick for the Ngannou fight. So if you if you say, look, we're going to do Usyk as well, then people will kind of get on board with it. Um, it looks like Usyk's going to be ringside, doesn't it? I think Joshua might be out there. I think Manny Pacquiao is going to get flown out. I think Floyd's going to get flown out. I think they're going to try and fill it up with with as many kind of boxing people as possible, but. Did you see the noise in the week about you know Usyk saying he kind of wants a fourteen week camp? He wants a little bit of time. Do you think he'll get the fourteen weeks, or do you think they'll say just look, we're doing this in December? It is possible he'll get fourteen weeks because I believe Riyadh season is running to March. Oh, okay, so they could still conceivably 
do it during this Riyadh season. Mm. So it, it's possible. It's all going to depend on what they can negotiate. Realistically, I'm imagining the calling for a 14-week camp is looking for an extra few quid to be chucked in mm. to get it over the line for December. I think this is the equivalent of Derek Chisora sitting at the head table saying that Eddie Hearn's fucking him without Vaseline <laughs> and that he's uh, he's going to withdraw from the card if he doesn't get more money, etc., etc. I think this is just a negotiation ploy. When you're dealing with people with very deep pockets, uh, milk them for all they're worth. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Usyk's, you know, Usyk's, you know, he's not a young man. You know, he's not, I, I can't imagine there's many fights there left for him, to be honest, just because, you know, just because he's had, a, he's a long amateur career, you know, not the longest pro career, but a lot of wear and tear, you know, on his body. And, you know, he's going to, he's going to, you know, he's going to need to make as much money as he can before, you know, before he kind of checks, checks out and does something else for the rest of his life. So I don't blame him. I think, I think you're right. I'm not sure it will happen in December, but I think it will definitely happen, and I think it will happen in in January. I think there's too much invested now for for um, Tyson Fury to pull any fuckeries and to try and find a way out of it. Um, I think we'll we'll get the fight, and you know, we'll get an undisputed champion hopefully. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, yes, you know, I might watch the main event. I don't know, um, just for shits and giggles. But the main thing really is the undercard of the weekend because I think there's a there's a there's a good fight there. And actually, I noticed there's a there's a DAZN card at the weekend as well, isn't there? Not a British one in the US. Oshik Foster's fighting, isn't he? Yeah, I uh, Foster Hernandez is a fight I really like. Like I was big on the Rocky Hernandez train when he was a teenage phenom coming up beating uh, good guys like Victor Terrazas when he was 18, 19 years old. Then he suffered a shock defeat, has rebuilt, had some managerial issues and has now got the Foster fight. I think this is a really good fight. I think it's a really good style clash. If Hernandez is successful, I would love to see him against Lee Wood at uh, Forest Stadium later on this year. I think that would be a fantastic style clash. But it's a really good fight. Like That is the fight with a WBC title on the line that you should be watching this weekend, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. What do you think of it? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think it's it's a, it's a really interesting fight. You know, Rocky Hernandez is on really good form. Um, you know, it, it'd be good to see. You know, Foster's been being spoken around in kind of british boxing circles because you know i think a lot of people kind of hoped that you know that the cordina would get that fight you know because cordina's won the ibf title at super fever and not really had the opportunity to to unify or really do much at all to be honest um so it'll be good to see him in action good to see hernandez and hopefully we get the winner over here you know sometime sometime in the new year um yeah, looking forward to that one. Looking forward to watching Absolutely. That. And on Fury and Ganu, what do you make about the outrage? Are you outraged? Has this fight really annoyed you or do you just accept it as what it is? Um, I think the thing that annoys me about it, I can see why, as I was saying before, I can see why they've announced the Usyk fight because... If he fight announces, they announce the Ngannou fight, and there's no sign of the Usyk fight coming. 
Fury looks worse than you know. Fury doesn't look good anyway. He's, I don't think he gives a shit about his reputation, to be honest. Um, which is fair enough. He's got enough sycophants in, around him that you know it doesn't really matter to him. But it annoys me, John, because it does annoy me because he's the heavyweight champion. He is one of the best fighters in the world, uh, heavyweight, and he's fighting a guy that you know is belongs in a boxer size class. You know, he's a UFC fighter, and yes, he can bang in UFC. But as I've said before, we've seen when UFC fighters, you know, Conor McGregor for me is the prime example. This guy was knocking people out in UFC. He went and fought a 41-year-old Floyd Mayweather and he looked like he couldn't could, could break an egg in a pair of boxing gloves. And that's where you can see the difference between being a puncher in MMA and being a puncher in boxing. It's two completely different things. And to have a guy that's a complete novice in a boxing ring against the best heavyweight in the world, arguably, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid. Um, but if we get Usyk next, you know, three months' time, then I'll I'll swallow it. What about you? I don't mind it because it's nothing new. Like, yeah. do you remember the whole story about uh, Muhammad Ali fighting uh, Antonio Inoki in the 70s? Yes, of course, yes. You know, I, I just see it as a bit like that all over again. Mm, mm, mm. You know, lineal heavyweight champs fighting somebody of a mixed martial arts background-ish. But at least this is a boxing match and not some sort of strange MMA hybrid yeah. like Ali and O'Keefe. Yeah. Poor Ali got his legs kicked in that night, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Not good. It wasn't good for him at all. Um, yeah. And like I said, if we get Usyk next, then great. We get Fury Usyk, undisputed title. If it's in Saudi, then whatever. It'll be a reasonable hour for us in the UK. Um, the guys, you know, the people in America will have to just put up with it. Well, it would be, what, mid-afternoon over there. Um, yeah. That could be worse. Anyway, I fucking love watching a new A at 12, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. 1 p.m. It's fucking great. Um, so... Yeah, I, I, I can live with it. I can live with it. I, I'm not going to pay too much attention. I think it'll be a complete whitewash. Um, but it's an exhibition. Um, let's talk about some actual boxing. Uh, so last week was kind of up and down, really. Uh, we had a re- we had a decent fight, you know, for the British cruiserweight title. But we had a we had a fight put out right with we we Dan Aziz and Joshua Boatsy, and Dan Aziz pulled out with a back injury. It was pretty late in the day, wasn't it, John? It was late in the day, and then you had all the usual rumours that swirl around when something like this happens late in the day, mm. that ticket sales were poor and that the injury is just a cover-up, which we hear all the time. We'll never know what truth's in it. I don't think Dan Aziz is the sort of guy who would go along with something like that personally, but, you know, we give Boxer a lot of stick. Like, Ben Shalom says a lot of stupid things their cards aren't always of the best quality, but give them credit where it's due. The fact that they managed to save that undercard, move it to uh, York Hall and have uh, Lowell and Chamberlain top the bill was some really good promoting. I think they deserve a lot of credit for that because we do tend to give them stick when they deserve it. Yeah, I agree 100%. I thought they copped a little bit of grief for you know, saying, oh, we, you know, we'll do the refunds in due course. And then you know they caught the backlash saying, no, we want our refunds now so we can go and buy your call tickets or some people at least um and they did and they you know they refunded everybody 
um that had bought tickets you know they had a pretty good a pretty good show for your call and they can go again with with Buatzi and Aziz and I, I could see Buatzi was gutted like uh, when he was ringside you could see he was really g'd up he'd obviously done the weight was ready to fight and then a couple of days before Dan Aziz pulls out but I, I think Boxer couldn't have handled it any better than what they did everybody got their refunds they saved the undercard so everybody got paid Sky Sports got their you know boxing stop filled for the for the weekend and we got you know a pretty an okay you know an an okay card at you know at the York Hall um headlined by you know Lowell and Isaac Chamberlain for the British and Commonwealth Cruiserweight titles um John I thought Chamberlain looked like a level above to be honest you could see that he'd box at the higher level you could see that he'd box better fighters and Lowell looked he looked he, he did he just looked a level below every time Chamberlain would faint he'd react and he was just getting moved around and outboxed pretty much every round but I was pleased for Chamberlain. How about you? I was delighted for Isaac Chamberlain. Like, he's always come across as a really nice guy. He's a good fighter. I always suspected, and still do, to be perfectly honest, that he is a victim of the cruiserweight limit moving up to 200 pounds. Right. In the old 190 days, I think he would be much closer to a world title contender than he currently is. I think that they're just a bit too big for him. You know, if you look at the very best guys in the division, and Opataya, Billum Smith, Ryakpour, Okoli, they're just all a bit too big for him. But against Lowell, he was brilliant, I thought. His feints with his feet, with his lead hand, was brilliant. Lowell was completely bamboozled. Mm-hmm. In many ways, Chamberlain found himself in a similar situation when he fought Okoli at the O2. Came a bit too soon for him. He froze under the lights. He was down a couple of times. The fight itself was really ugly. So I think it was something similar for Lowell. It was just too big a step up, too soon. And he was found out a little bit. It doesn't mean that he can't come again, but he was fighting like someone who believed the knockout would come. That all he didn't need to panic in those early rounds. He'd find the shot at some point, and then as the rounds went by, I think he began to realise that Chamberlain wasn't going to stand still, stand right in front of him for him to land that right hand that all his previous opponents have. So there's work to do. It's a problem that punchers often have that they don't set up their work, they don't have a plan B. And I think that's just a little bit of what happened to Lowell. What do you think? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought he kind of, he, he's one of those guys that kind of fell in love with his own power. And he, he he thought he could just, at some point he'd find a shot because he'd seen Nicole drop Chamberlain a few times. He'd, you know, he'd seen um, Chris Billum Smith hurt him. Um, so, he, yeah, he probably thought, oh, I'll find a shot at some point and I'll hurt him and I'll get him out of there. But, Chamberlain was just too good. He was too good. Um, he just did everything better than him. And actually, Isaac Chamberlain was, in the very early years of Below the Belt, gave me an interview at Miguel's gym. I popped down with my phone and a silly little microphone and had a chat with him that day. And he was really, really, um, really nice and, you know, was really happy to give me his time. And I said, if for people that don't, knew, don't know you, how, how, would you, how would you describe yourself? And he said, I'm kind of like James Tony." And he's nowhere near as good as James Tony was. But I, I can actually see that a bit 
on Saturday night. I remember I, I fought back to that interview and him saying that. And I thought, do you know what? I can see what you're saying. Maybe more cruiserweight touch James Tony than, than, than super middleweight. But I could see what he meant. I could see what he said. And I was really pleased for him just because, just because he could, he's been out there for a long time. He's too mobile to be a cruiserweight, James Tony. James Tony, a cruiserweight, True. was brilliant True. because he would stand there against monsters like Vasily Yerov mm. and just bob and weave with his feet planted, just sway and miss shots by millimetres. Like It was beautiful. It was the most relaxed style you've ever seen. And then coming back with these hurtful counters, like, I can see where he's going with it, but he's far too energetic, far too mobile. Mm. James Tony liked his cheeseburgers and cigars way too much to move around the ring for 12 rings like Isaac Chamberlain yeah. did on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. That is a fair point. Um, yeah, you're right. What was also nice on Saturday was how complimentary Chris Billum Smith was of Chamberlain because they'd boxed and they quite, you know, he beat him and. You know, he could have gone kind of the Josh Taylor route of saying, well, I beat you, you're shit kind of thing. But he didn't. He was actually really complimentary of him. And you could see he was actually really happy for him that he'd won the fight. Um, so I quite like that from Chris Billum smith I like to hate on him because everybody seems to like him. And so I just like to go the other way. Um, but <laughs> I, do you know what? Chris Billum smith came, came across really well on Saturday. And I thought that was a really, really nice touch. Absolutely. Like... I'm sorry, I'm in the Chris Billum Smith fan club. I think he's just a really nice guy. There, there's a reason why no one's got a bad word to say about him. Like, he's a nice guy. He's got a crowd-friendly style. Match him with anybody who isn't Lawrence O'Coley, and I think he gives you a decent fight. He's a nice guy. He was the show of respect between himself and Chamberlain was brilliant to watch, and I'm glad that Billum Smith is getting. A break from Okoli that he's coming back and fighting uh, Masternak, which should be pretty straightforward. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Chris Billsmith. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he, I, I kind of, I was kind of hoping that Okoli would move up to heavyweight, and those two wouldn't have to fight again because that was not a fun fight. But I think <laughs> that was not fun. It wasn't even remotely entertaining. Yeah, I, it was barely watchable. Never mind entertaining. Yeah, it was. It was really really bad i don't want to see those two in a ring i'm not sure i want to see a coley in a ring again to be honest <laughs> and i like a coley i i like him as a person again early days of blow the belt gaming interview super nice but the way he's boxed in the last couple of fights he's been awful and he's fed another one fell in love with his own power fell in love with his own right hand he just seems to try and dine out on the right hand and the last couple of fights not just a billingsmith fight the fight before then he was just trying to poor with a jab and, and throw an overhand right and yeah it did all right against someone that not quite at world level but you know against a, a good fighter like Chris Bland Smith it's not going to work um he, he's got to really think about what he wants to do with Coley because what he needs to change because he needs to change something um with Chamberlain do you think he sticks around at British level and defends Vidal? You know, Vidal uh, Riley was there at the weekend. I saw him on Sky Sports News today. Uh, he had a lovely Spurs jacket on, which was nice to see. Uh, you don't you don't see many Spurs Spurs supporting boxers, to be honest. Um, so that was quite nice. Um, do you think he sticks around at domestic, tries to defend the British title? Or do you think he, he tries to go to, go for European or, or something else? I think boxer would probably like the Vidal Riley fight. Mm. I think they want to 
cash in on Vidal Riley's built-in fan base, his association with KSI, etc., etc. He is a much more marketable proposition going forward than Isaac Chamberlain. Don't get me wrong, like Chamberlain-Billingsmith was a good fight. If they can get Chamberlain a couple of wins at fringe world level, I'm sure a rematch would sell quite well in Bournemouth, but Vidal Riley is probably the person they're looking to try and get that world title on and bring in a new generation of fans mm. ASAP. Saying that, we have seen Boxer be cautious in the past. Maybe they're going to let the shackles off when it's all in-house. We'll need to wait and see. How do you think it plays yeah, out? Yeah, the only thing is Chamberlain said he did his bicep. So it just depends on how badly he did it at the weekend. Hopefully it's nothing too bad and he can box box, you know, sometime, you know, early next year. And if he can, then yes, I want to see him defend the British title. I want to see him win it outright. No you know, this you know, I, I wanna see him yeah, he's not he's in his thirties now, isn't he, Isaac? But yeah, you know, I I'd like to see him you know, have a defence or two. If he doesn't have time to win it outright, then fair enough, uh, because the board aren't the best at you know ordering you know ordering fights. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. I think that's I think that's absolutely fine. Um, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him defend the British and then see if he can either get a European title fight or something. You know, an eliminator or something. Uh, but yeah, definitely really really pleased for him. Um, was there anything on the undercard that that stuck out for you? The Green Gilly fight was fantastic. That was a proper York Hall fight. Mm. There was skill, there was power punches, crowd was involved in it. Like That is what York Hall was all about. Really good fight. Fantastic show of respect between the two guys afterwards. You know, that's what you want to see. That is the sort of fight. If we had fights like that every week, the sport would grow like that is a great advert for the sport i thought it was fantastic what did you think yeah same absolutely the same i think if you want to if you want to grow the sport and you know my kind of formative years of boxing watching boxing i mean was was watching shows like saturday night you know for basketball hooping you know in a leisure center you know for the british title or an english title or whatever or british title headlining and fights on the undercard that's what made me really really get into boxing you know and so the more of those shows that boxer can put on that are competitive they've got domestic titles as the headliner then then more i'm all for it i'm all for it absolutely and yes uh gillian green was a good fight i think green would have been the perhaps the slight favorite going in but you know it was good it was good to see good to see um commonwealth title as well so yeah i was really really pleased with that and then uh even the michael hennessy joe laws fight was was semi-entertaining as well it wasn't too bad either was it and joe laws you know from going out you know <laughs> calling out devin haney or was it Devin Haney where you at? <laughs> it was. was. Yeah, yeah, when he was down at lightweight. And now he's at middle. Um, oh, well, super middle. Um, uh, and you can see how pleased he was with the win, can't you? Yeah, and it worked well for him. By his own admission, two weeks ago, he was eating cheesecake and drinking cocktails. And he fought like somebody who knew that he wasn't in the best shape. Mm. He fought in spurts. He conser conserved his energy. It was a good fight, you know. I was, I'm more than happy to see fights like that. It doesn't need to be two world class guys. Just give me two guys that are pretty much evenly matched. I don't care what level they're at. Hundred percent, hundred percent. As long as they're evenly matched, and you know, 
you know, there's there's a reason for him to be fighting, whether it's you know a, an English title or an Eliminator or something, or just 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 to get back in the mix again. You know, Joe Laws needed that to get back in the mix again, to feel like you know a boxer again, and to feel like he can still do something in the sport. And so that's why, yeah, I was I was pleased for Laws, and I was I was happy with the card. And that again, another one that that, that belonged at the York Hall. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and on the zone. So what? What what did you do on? How did you watch these two on Saturday? Did you have one on the laptop, one on the TV? How did you how did you navigate the zone Sky Sports thing last Saturday? Because we had Jack Cattle and Jorge Linares on the other channel. I watched Sky Sports and I caught up with the uh, zone on the app, which is as I've always said before, it's one of the best things about the zone is that you can easily catch up on anything you've missed. Spoiler free, you know. The, the app's great like that. It means that unless there's a really good fight that makes me want to watch the DAZN card, I'm probably going to watch the other one and catch up with DAZN because it's just easier. Mm. What did you do? I did uh, DAZN on the TV, Sky Sports on the laptop. Um, so I had them both going at the same time. The main events clashed, but not direct clash. So there were, when one was having, you know, one was having the one minute break, there were that the other round was still going on so it kind of worked but i'll be honest after about six rounds of the jack catterall fight i wasn't watching it anymore and i was just watching the isaac chamberlain fight because even though they were both not very competitive i just enjoyed watching isaac chamberlain more than i did watching jack catterall i was really disappointed with that at the weekend john um you know jack catterall he's he had a lot of kind of he had a lot of credibility coming out of the Josh Taylor fight and he got kind of messed around in terms of having a rematch. But he's come back, he's signed with his own, he's had two fights and he just like snooze. Both the both the fights he's had. Jorge Linares at the weekend, he's not a 140 fighter. He's someone that's been stopped at the weight before. I was expecting Jack Cattle to get him out of there really. And nothing short of getting him out there within the first six rounds would have been good enough. Um, I just thought it was really, really poor. Am I being a bit harsh though? From an entertainment standpoint, I completely agree with you. Like, it was a poor spectacle. As a performance, it was everything that's good and bad about Jack Catterall. Jack Catterall controls the pace. He dictates the tempo. He doesn't get hit very much. He lands his own eye-catching shots. All in the pro column. The cons for Jack Catterall is he has got a very low punch output. Because of his counter-punching ability, his opponent's output drops as well. Mm. He is safety first, he is somewhat negative, and he does tend to fade towards the second half of the fight. It's ultimately what cost him in the Taylor fight. Like That fight isn't the blatant robbery, in my opinion, that other people see it as. I've watched it back twice and it is much more competitive than Matt Macklin and the Sky Sports commentary team would have you believe. They fell into the old Jim Watt and uh, hauling routine of creating a narrative early on and when the fight changed they didn't really adjust what they were saying. 
you know, Catterall's output does drop in the second half of a fight. I still thought that he probably did enough to win it, but it could really have gone either way as far as I'm concerned. And that's not me saying that wearing my kilt and my CU Jimmy hat wrapped in uh, assault air right now. I genuinely thought that the Taylor fight isn't this disgraceful decision that other people do. But he he's a frustrating fighter to watch. He doesn't fight very often and... He has had issues with injuries, but I think that's partly because he's just not a draw. Mm. With the guarantee that he's on, no one wants to be staging Jack Catterall fights mm. regularly because no one's going to pay to turn up to watch it. And who's going to watch it on TV? And I think he's a really nice guy. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a really good boxer. He's just not much of a fun watch, is he? No, he's not. He's he's not. And, you know, I remember... I, 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 after the fight, I tweeted, well, Prograin Haney won't lose any sleep. Um, well, they certainly wouldn't because they probably would have fell asleep watching that. It was just <laughs> boring. It was just boring. And uh, I probably was guilty of getting sucked into the Josh Taylor. That was a robbery type thing just because I really disliked Josh Taylor, to be honest. Um, <laughs> he does make it easy to dislike him in all fairness. He's a bad winner. <laughs> we talk about bad losers. He's a bad winner. He shows a real lack of class whenever he wins a fight, um, and you don't have to be classless when you've won. You've won. You don't have to be a dickhead about it. Um, so yeah, I I I don't like Josh Taylor, and so when it looked like he was losing that fight, I was like, yes, that's the worst Robbie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Brandon Rios, Richard Ar- Richard Arbril levels. Like <laughs> it wasn't, but um, I I get your point. So yeah, and but then. Cattle, like I said, he had a lot of credit going in and it just, he never really got going. But, you know, they're looking at maybe making him against the winner of Pro Gay and Haney. Him, fucking hell, Cattle and Haney is not going to be fun to watch, not at all. I think you kind of want to, I looking at the rankings, the rankings are updated, you know, on, on the, at the start of the month. Um, he's he's W number seven with the WBA, number five with the WBC, number seven with the IBF, and number five with the WBO. Obviously, they'll they'll update the rankings at the end of the month, so maybe he'd have moved up a couple of places with one or two of them. I've, well, O'Hara Davies looks like he's going to get the Wally, Wally Romero fight. Him and Tiafimo Lopez actually think would be a pretty decent fight. I think that would be really really interesting. Um, I'm not sure he'll get it. Um, Maybe he can get, you know, the IBF doesn't have a mandatory, it doesn't have one or two ranked, so maybe he can navigate his way to a, to a fight with that. Or does he just go straight for the Josh Taylor rematch? Um, he, they're still talking about each other, aren't they, John? Would you like to see that at Welter? Not really. Like, the first fight just wasn't great to watch. Their styles did not gel at all. I think... Taylor would probably be better at 147. Potentially Catterall could be too. Like, it's possible that he feeds in the second half of fights because he's finding it tough to make 140 himself. I don't know. Like, It could be a better fight, but it just wasn't good enough that I want to see it again. I think if that fight had been controversial but entertaining, mm. the rematch would have happened because there would have been a great public demand. Yeah. Realistically, there's a handful of a thousand hardcore boxing fans on Twitter calling for that fight, most of which would probably watch it on a dodgy fire stick or a stream anyway, rather than going to see it. Like there, there's no money in that rematch. I don't think like there's a bit of bad blood, but the fight just wasn't good. Would you want to see it again? 
Um, yes, just because I don't see what else there is for either one of them. Um, I suppose Catterall could maybe navigate to get a, a world title fight. Josh Taylor, I think, is done. Uh, I'm not sure there's much left. You know, I, I think he's had back-to-back really poor performances. Um, and a, a fighter like Josh Taylor, he's had a tough career. You know, boxed a lot of good fighters, undisputed. You know, junior welterweight champion. No one can knock his achievements. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing Jack Catterall end his career just because I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> at least get on his cuff. Just because, yeah, I don't like the cut of his jib. Um, but you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Um, and I'd, if it was on Sky Sports, I'd watch it. I'd, but if it wasn't, it'd probably be a dodgy fire stick, like you say. Um, yeah, but I don't know. We shall see. Um, that's about it, John. That is about it. Unless there was anything else, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else that leapt out at you over the last week or so? No, I think that uh, isn't. Uh... O'Hara Davies going to be fighting guy uh, Ishmael Barroso ah, on a Ryan yes. Garcia. Undercard. You're right. You are right. Well, is that is that, a, is that a vacant belt? Is it? I think it's. Is it an interim yeah. or a final eliminator? I think they're keeping the strap on Roly basically, yeah. and the winner's guaranteed a fight with Roly. Yes, is the upshot of yes. it. It's it's strange, like. Four years ago, I would have said that that's an awful fight, but based on the form that each of them has been in lately, I'm a lot more interested in it now than I would have been in, say, 2019-2020. Yeah, me too. I, I you know, I, I'm interested in it, and I like O'Hara Davies. He's not great, but he did well to win the Golden Contract, uh, one of the MTK shows that they put on. Uh, I was happy for him that he won that final eliminator against Lewis Ritson. How that got to be made as a final eliminator i'll never know but fair <laughs> fair play to whoever navigated that and fair play to o'hara davies i think again i like o'hara davies because i dislike josh taylor um <laughs> <laughs> what is it the enemy of my enemy is my friend um so yeah it's it's uh, i'll be happy to see see that happen um i, I would love to see o'hara davies at least get a shot him and romero would be fun like the press conference would be fun on its own um and then the fight i think the fight would be pretty fun as well because neither of them are going to stink the joint out um i think they'd i think they'd get into a scrap and i don't think it would go the distance um but we shall see hopefully it happens we'll see um all right john thank you so much i really appreciate your time pleasure having me on thank you very much all right take care cheers bye Podcast Network.